This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Mark Cuban. How you do anything is how you do everything. If you're not, if you don't pay attention to detail on the little things, you're not going to be in the habits of paying attention to details for the big things. Ken Griffey Jr. Hey, he wears his hat backwards. Well, I wear my hat backwards because my dad had a fro and I wanted to wear his hat. And if I put his hat on at age six and, you know, he's got a eight and a half and I got like a little five, it's not going to really stay on my head. Jeannie Buss. Thank you for having me. What a nice turnout. It's good to see everybody. John Smoltz. Is if you don't have the imagination and the willingness to fail or not being afraid to fail, I don't think you can be truly great. Candace Parker. I have had so much hope for this generation coming up that have grown up with women in sports, in leadership roles, on television, speaking about sports, speaking knowledgeably about sports. Pau Gasol. To me, all the work that I've done, all the humanitarian work that I've done has always given me great perspective, has allowed me to keep my feet on the ground and uh, has really put and reminded me what's truly important. Damian Lillard. That was for Seattle. (laughs) (laughs) Just to name a few. Welcome to Sports Business Radio. Now, here's Brian Berger. Well, thanks for joining us on this edition of Sports Business Radio powered by Molka Sports. You can find them online at malkasports.com. One of my favorite TV shows is Ted Lasso on Apple TV+. Plus. It's making its debut on July 23rd. You may remember that we had Brendan Hunt, the co-creator of Ted Lasso, and Coach Beard on the show. He was on with us before Season 1. Now Season 2, again, July 23rd, debuts on Apple TV+. Plus. Jeremy Swift, the Emmy-nominated actor who plays Leslie Higgins on the hit TV show. He's going to join me on the show today. Very excited to preview season two of Ted Lasso. They filmed from January to June in England. So uh, we're going to get into Ted Lasso. It's Ted Lasso day today on Sports Business Radio. I'm joined by executive producer Brian Griggs. Griggs, how are you? Anytime there's a Ted Lasso day, it's a good day. So I am down. Jeremy's great. He's just so fun to listen to. Great accent, of course, from across the pond. But exactly. uh, yeah, I mean, he's just a, just a fun guy and just a great character on that show. So fun interview today and looking forward to the uh, premiere coming up. Yeah, they really found magic with that show. I think people went in with kind of low expectations and they were like, okay, the show is about uh, an American football coach who goes over and tries to coach soccer in England. And, you know, like, it'll be funny, but, you know, uh, they didn't expect much more than that. And the character development on the show and the storylines are so deep and it's been so pleasantly surprising to so many um, and the cast has really resonated. You know, most of the cast, other than Jason Sudeikis, uh, unknowns. Jeremy, pretty well-known, one of the more well-known people. He's been on Downton Abbey. He's been in the movie Mary Poppins Returns. So he's got an illustrious history, but a lot of the other actors on the show, they're well-known, but they're not, you know, we're not talking Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon or anything like that. But 
the chemistry on the show is amazing and it just is one of my favorite shows out there. So I'm really glad that we have Jeremy on today. Yeah, it's a it's a great weave of comedy and drama and great storylines. And like you said, you, you get to know a whole bunch of new characters and new actors that we didn't all know. And man, the cast is just so good. Everyone is good and they all play to, together so well. So it's just a great show. All right, let's look at some sports business headlines of the week. Headline number one, this is according to ESPN's Adam Schefter. So this season, the Green Bay Packers offered Aaron Rodgers a two-year contract extension that would have tied him to Green Bay for five more seasons, made him the highest paid quarterback and player in all of football. He said no. So, you know, a lot of people have been wondering, is the rift between Rodgers and the Packers about money? Does he want to be the highest paid player? Was that why he hasn't reported to training camp? No, the answer is no. Either that or he wants more money than what they offered. But uh, I don't know if this divide is going to be able to be fixed, Griggs. It's going to be interesting to watch as we get closer to the start of the NFL season. Yeah, this has kind of been the big story of the offseason, and it just seems like it's just kind of there. It's not really moving. There's not much happening. And, you know, to me, that tells me that Rodgers is not in. He doesn't. There's something else. There's a rift there in Green Bay. People he's not clicking with where money is not going to solve it. So I just don't know if I see him as number 12 in Green Bay this year. Yeah, that would be interesting. Our next headline, and I love this one, ESPN and the Walt Disney Company announced a new partnership with Peyton Manning and Omaha Productions, his production company. The headline of the deal is there's going to be an alternate Monday night football telecast featuring Peyton Manning and his brother, Eli. The deal is a three-year deal, 2021, 2022, 2023. They're going to do 10 games per season. They're going to have celebrities and other athletes join them from remote locations. Griggs, nothing against the primary Monday night football broadcast in the game itself. I will be watching this broadcast with Peyton Manning and Eli Manning as the alternate broadcast for all 10 games that they're doing. I wonder if that broadcast will get better ratings than the primary broadcast. I think this is a great idea because fans want different things when they're watching a game now. And you take these two, you know, really Hall of Fame quarterbacks, brothers, funny. Uh, Peyton has been on Saturday Night Live. They're good when they have guests. I just think it's going to be really entertaining. And it's also going to be on ESPN Plus, the streaming platform. So it's going to help grow that platform. Brilliant deal. And it also shows when ESPN needs to find money for something, they can find it. So when they're saying, oh, we can't keep Kenny Mayne or we're not sure we can pay Maria Taylor or, you know, whatever the case may be, when they want money for something like this, they can find it. They can find it. And this is a no brainer. I'm with you. I am watching every single broadcast start to finish with those two brothers going because that is going to be straight comedy. And also, I mean, you got two of the best players ever. They're going to have so much insight with the game. You're going to learn so much. It's kind of like when you watch Tony Romo, he has so much insight you don't get from just an announcer. So I am totally in. And it kind of reminds me of when Nickelodeon did that kind of the kid friendly games with the slime and everything. And I think it's a great idea. Yeah. And, you know, people have been trying to make a run at Peyton Manning for a while, these networks. And for ESPN to get this three-year deal with him. Yes, it's not on the main Monday Night Football broadcast, but I think this was a clever way to get Peyton on board with ESPN. They said, hey, look, you can do this with your brother. Uh, it's going to be fun. It's not like you're you know, preparing a straight broadcast. You can do this from remote location, so he could do it from you know his house or wherever he lives. So you know, it doesn't have to be at the game itself. It's a little more uh, loose than... 
if you're the analyst for Monday Night Football or Sunday Night Football or Thursday Night Football or Sunday Football. So I think it's a good deal for Peyton Manning, and I know the fans will benefit. Our next headline, as we record this, Game 6 of the NBA Finals is scheduled for tonight. Average viewership has been right around 9 million people per game. Uh, ABC is guaranteed to rake in at least $250 million in ad sales revenues because the series has gone at least six games. You can bet that ABC and the NBA are hoping for a game seven in Phoenix, more ad revenue, more ticket sales, more concessions, more parking, and the ratings will likely creep into the 14 million to 16 million range for game six. And if there is a game seven, Griggs, here's the stat of the day though. Scott Foster has been assigned to referee tonight's game six. Chris Paul is 0-12 in the last 12 playoff games that Scott Foster has officiated. That's not a good stat for Chris Paul and Suns fans. That's a great, it's like one of those prop bet stats you hear in the Super Bowl, you know, <laughs> the players 0 for 12 against this official or when this cheerleaders on the sideline or whatever it is. So that's great, but bad for Chris Paul, but maybe he can, he can creep out a win tonight. And, uh, you know, it's been a fun series and, you know, like you and any other fan and me, game seven in the NBA finals is always a good thing. So I, I'm hoping they can win tonight because I'd love a game seven. Yeah, I've said before, I have friends on both sides with the Bucks and the Suns. I'm from Phoenix. Anytime a series goes seven games, I think it's thrilling. So I'd love to see uh, a game seven. And then, you know, anything can happen in game seven. But boy, the Bucks sure are playing well. Some iconic NBA Finals plays in the last few games. The Giannis block, the Drew Holiday steal, an alley-oop to Giannis. Just some incredible plays down the stretch for the Bucs. They've shown they know how to execute in crunch time and really change the narrative about their team in the process. But, you know, you got to get first one to four. So they've only got three, and uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, it's going to be interesting. We'll talk about it on our show next week for sure. Griggs, usually this would be the number one headline. The Olympic Games. Start in Tokyo later this week. The games, as we've said before, are going to cost an estimated $25 billion. That's a lot of money. It's second most amount of money ever paid to produce the Olympics other than the Sochi Games in Russia were $55 billion. These games will take place with no fans. It's really a made-for-TV event now. And Griggs, some athletes are already having to withdraw from the Olympics due to health and safety protocols or testing positive for COVID. Can you imagine training for years to be in the Olympics and then you have to give up your dream because you tested positive for COVID? That would be heartbreaking. Devastating. Yeah. And it's uh, it's becoming a storyline now as we get closer to the game starting is every day you're hearing another person that's dropped out, another person that can't make the trip. So yeah, I mean, that would be so devastating, heartbreaking. And, you know, it's still going to be another strange Olympics with no fans and alternate players playing on rosters. So lots of storylines here. I will be watching and uh, following along for sure. Things that I want to watch. First, the U.S. women's soccer team, Team USA, can become the first team of either gender to win the World Cup and the Olympics in the same cycle if they win gold at these Olympics. So I'm really excited to watch the women's soccer team. I'm excited to watch Simone Biles, obviously. I'm excited to watch swimmer Ryan Murphy because he's been on this show, and I want to see how he does, see if those peanut butter and jelly sandwiches before the race help him win gold. And obviously, you know, interested to see how uh, the U.S. men's and U.S. women's basketball teams do. 
But Peacock is going to have a lot of that action. So that's going to be different too. You're going to turn on NBC and go, wait a minute. You know, I can't watch this, or at least I can't watch it live. But if you have Peacock, you can watch it live in many cases. So uh, it's going to be different how the games are covered. If you miss my conversation with John Auren, the uh, great sports media reporter from Sports Business Journal last week, I invite you to go back and listen to that because we talk about much of this during that conversation. Uh, Griggs, the Toronto Blue Jays are scheduled to return to play in Toronto on July 30th, the first time in two years they'll play a home game in Toronto. Amazing. That is just fascinating. I mean, it doesn't, when you look back, you're like, wow, two years since they've been back in Toronto. So I bet they are stoked and the fans, I mean, man, that is a long drought to not be in your home uh, stadium. So I'm looking forward to see some Blue Jay action in Toronto. All right, a tease. Next week, Bob Costas, the great Bob Costas, joins me right here on Sports Business Radio. He is returning to HBO with Back on the Record with Bob Costas. It debuts on July 30th, and uh, I think you're really going to enjoy the conversation with Bob Costas. I've already got it taped. Uh, He talks about his process for interviewing people, his process for doing play-by-play, some of the things that he would still like to do in his career his favorite interview. So just a plethora of amazing things with Bob Costas. I got him to talk about the Olympics and whether they should be taking place or not in Tokyo. We talked about Major League Baseball. Will there be a season next season or is there going to be a labor stoppage? He, of course, is on the Major League Baseball Network. So really insightful conversation with Bob Costas coming up on next week's edition of Sports Business Radio. But next... Jeremy Swift, the Emmy-nominated actor who plays Leslie Higgins on the hit TV show Ted Lasso. Season 2 debuts this Friday, July 23rd on Apple TV+. Jeremy Swift joins me next. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Brian Berger here. We've collaborated with our friends at Parish Project to create high-quality sports business radio clothing including hoodies, long-sleeve t-shirts, and short-sleeve t-shirts. Each item comes in five different colors and a variety of sizes. These items are super comfortable, and you can wear them on Zoom calls, while working out, or when you're lounging around the house. Sports Business Radio has loyal listeners around the world. We'd love for you to post a picture rocking your Sports Business Radio gear. Tag us on Instagram or Twitter if you post. Get your official sports business radio gear by going online to parishproject.com. That's parishproject.com, P-A-R-I-S-H project.com. My guest is Jeremy Swift. He plays Leslie Higgins on the hit TV show, Ted Lasso. Season two premieres on July 23rd on Apple TV+. Ted Lasso has become my favorite TV show. Jeremy was recently nominated for an Emmy for his portrayal of Leslie Higgins. 20 nominations overall for the Ted Lasso crew. Jeremy, thanks for joining me. How are you? I'm good, yeah. We had a great evening uh, last night. We had the premiere of, well, the first two episodes um, at the Pacific Design Center, and uh, it was a blast. Yeah, yeah. Such a great atmosphere. One of the things that really strikes me about the show is you genuinely seem to like each other, the cast. Can you talk about the chemistry of the cast? I know you've been on a lot of shows, including uh, Downton Abbey. What is it about this cast on Ted Lasso that has made you guys so close? 
I think it always comes from the, the top and the creators and the producers. And if they've got a good vibe about them, then it'll just drip down and the sensibility will feed into how everybody interacts. And it really is a very good feeling uh, in this cast. And it's a kind of winning sense of fun. Um, you know, we work hard, but we have a lot of laughs at the same time. But, you know, you've got, a, you've got <clears throat> a certain amount of time to do a scene and you want to nail it um, and you want to do it as, as well as you can. Um, but we do that without tension, it seems. <laughs> yeah. So the Diamond Dogs, you're a part of the Diamond Dogs. I hear that the Diamond Dogs have a WhatsApp chat off the show and that you guys communicate off the show. Is that true? It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not too regular, which kind of makes it more special. Um, but there are some um, <laughs> there are some very um, funny, uh, uh, you know, interactions on that. <laughs> um, you know, I, but it's very sweet that that I think Jason and Brendan kind of started it. And thought, oh, I'm, I'm being, you know, people add you in. So it's great, great fun. When we do one of those scenes, we feed back and just banter. Yeah. So talk to me about the filming. I know you guys started in January. You ended in June for season two. Still a lot of pandemic protocols yeah. going on. What was that like? Um, it was initially um, strange to be wearing masks and deciding which mask you were going to wear because there were some masks that, I mean, the girls wore them because they had they protected their makeup and hair um, and they were kind of like David Lynch sci-fi things that go up like that. But I would go to scratch my face, uh, you know, as you realize you do, and, um, you know, smash the, uh, the plastic into my face. So I ended up doing it like a gorilla, sort of coming in over the top. Um, so you have to work out <laughs> which mask you're going to wear, you know. Um, and also the, it's, it's a little bit weird because I would think, I think my hearing is going now because I'd be talking to somebody and they're going, and, oh god it's a mask it's a mask it's a mask um so um yeah getting used to all that was great but you know it, it it didn't take too long before you just it was just part of the process you know um about three weeks in it was like this is the norm this is this is what we do we're still doing it we're still making it work now i've had brendan hunt on before he says there's 11 regular writers for the show how early do you see the script and do you know the arc of the season in advance or is it really like, okay, it's this episode. We only know what's going on with this episode. We don't know what the future holds. That's a very good question. Some, <laughs> some of the actors seem to know their, their arc. I have never known my arcs really arcs. Uh, um, so uh, yeah, we, I just get the scripts as they come in and, uh, you just, you know, I, as I do with, <clears throat> with every, every job, I just take, I action, uh, you know, within the scene, what the character would do. So you don't know, I don't know as a person, Jeremy Swift, what I'm going to be doing in seven weeks time necessarily, or how I'll feel or what will have happened. So I just have to do, do the same with my characters, just do, just action out what that scene is about, you know. Now, you guys film in Richmond, and Brendan also told me that there's a replica pub. So there's the pub on the show that you film in, and then there's the pub that you go to after you're done filming to socialize. 
What other nuggets can you tell us about like the filming that takes place there? Um, well, it's not quite Richmond. It's, it's kind of Hayes and Yedding, um, which is, you know, a very unglamorous kind of part of London. It's basically just off some motorways. And, um, you know, I in the first season, I thought, I'm going to go for a nice walk because I've got three hours between this scene and the next. And there was nowhere to go unless I walked <laughs> along the side of a motorway. I walked another down another street and there was just a load of rubbish at the end of it. It's, it's basically... we. We're there at the studio, Westland Studios, um, partly because there's the football ground just over the road from the studios, which is just like super convenient. So um, that's that's how we come to use that show. The, the pub, yeah, is amazing. Every time I go into with a set pub, it's just like, I, I just forget when I, when I see it on the screen. I'm just such a sucker. I was like, but you've been there and you know it's a set. I always think, wow, that's the pub, isn't it? It's so, you know, it's just... I buy into it completely. <laughs> I love your character. I really think that you're the scene stealer of the show. You come in and, and you know, from your facial expressions to, um, you know, being serious. Like, you know, I love the scene when uh, Rebecca Welton, the owner, had to come to your house to ask you to come back. And you've got the goatee going and you playing <laughs> the bass. And uh, that was such a great kind of unexpected scene from your character. Wasn't it? I, I mean, I didn't expect it, um, but I think it sort of. I, I think they've kind of planned that she would come to see me, having me having left, and then Jason and I uh, uh, were talking, and I said, "How long is he going to be away? Is he going to grow like a Rasputin-length beard or something? Is it going to be that long?" And he said, "He could have a jazz beard," <laughs> and I went, "Oh yeah, because I play the bass," and you know he went do you and is it in an amateur way i said well i'm okay you know so that's how that developed you know uh, just these ch chatting over the the scene you know and, and so that's how those those elements came into to just stop it just being a kind of just a reconciliation scene it had other stuff going on in it and that happens a lot in the show there are lots of elements i think that and lots of content that you don't see coming one of the other scenes that you always seem to be around for is biscuits with the boss. So Ted Lasso brings these world-class biscuits to the owner of AFC Richmond. She wonders where are these made? She sends you out to try and find where they're made and you learn spoiler that Ted has been making the biscuits. I think it's brilliant. How did you guys come up with the concept of biscuits with the boss? Well, that's that's the writers, of course, um, uh, which is such a great idea. And it's incredible. I agree with you. It's incredibly touching when you see Ted in the kitchen making the biscuits. It's like, oh, of course. Um, uh, Hannah, of course, um, has spoken about <laughs> the biscuits were really horrible. Um, but in season one, I tried some for some PR for this season and uh, I was stood next to her and going, what are you talking about? These are great. And she said, yeah, but they've changed the recipe. They're different. They're different. But um, yes, you call them biscuits. I mean, we call them shortbread, really. They're like a Scottish, they're big, big thick affairs, you know. Um, but yeah, pretty yummy. <laughs> Talk to me about Jason. I mean, everyone on the show, the ensemble cast is so talented. Like we said, 20 Emmy Awards. But I think Jason is such a special talent from his acting to his writing to co-creating this show. What's it like working with him? And, and 
quickly, Ted Lasso has become a character beloved to everyone. Absolutely. Um, yes, um, Jason is just jaw-droppingly talented. And I have mentioned this before. Um, when he did the, um, the, the speech in episode, episode 10, uh, where he's trying to rally the team, he did it about seven times. And the content changed hugely. He improvised it that many times. And it's just, he's like uh, this amalgamation of a brilliant writer. It's like he know, he's got his own material going on. He's feeding, feeding his own material. It's not just quippy, quirky comedy Im improv. It's, he's got fantastic literary content in his brain. It's just He's just so incredibly talented. And of course, he is, um, he is a, an emotionally intelligent man and, um, and, and politically astute and, and a humanitarian. Um, he's just an awesome person. Really, really uh, huge admiration for him. I don't know, Jason, but I'm reading more and more articles. I read the GQ story. It sounds like Jason and Ted Lasso aren't that far apart. They're, they're maybe not the same person, but they're not too distant from each other. Sure. I mean, uh, Jason loves to have fun. He, is, he, he can be puppyish. Uh, and uh, he's, as I say, very, very comical and, um, uh, and warm. Um, but he's also... Um, there's a seriousness uh, about him as well, which is really, really valid and 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 uh, and appropriate. He's he's you know he's he's a kind of academic as well, you know. So um, there's there's a lot going on with this guy. He's a he's a multifaceted human being, as many of us are. Um, but um, yeah, he, 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 it's it's a delight to work to work with. Him. It really is. I feel like every episode, you know, there's like a, a takeaway of some sort. And, you know, one of my favorite sayings uh, that he has is be a goldfish, have a yeah, short yeah. memory like a goldfish and, you know, move on, come back from any adversity and challenges. Is there a favorite Ted Lassoism that you've written down or taken note of that, that you've seen from the show? Well, I love be curious, not judgmental, of course. It's, um, it, partly because everybody's taken to it and I just can't forget it. Uh, it's, and it's, it's such a, it's such a truism and it's, it's a, it's become a bit of a mantra for me, I think, um, you know, because it's something that we do do. It's just, we judge very, very quickly. We make, we're in an era where we have to make fast, uh, uh, you know, uh, assessments and it's not always, right to do that we have to we have to process stuff you know so I, I, that's the one i think i've taken on board the most yeah that's a good one um season two i know there's spoilers and you can't talk specifically about storylines but people who are going to watch season two starting on july 23rd on apple plus tv what can we expect you can expect um that the standard will not drop from the first season also it's not going to stay you know it's stay the same there will be surprises and there will be storylines that you will not see coming um it has you know just watching the first two episodes last night 
the show just has so much content in it. It has fast comedy. It has um, tender interactions. It's just full of humanity. It's just, uh, it's just such a delight. I think it's just as, it, it, it's just as um, warm and as adorable and uplifting and as positive as the first season. But there will be changes, you know. It's yeah. got to change up. Yeah. Well, I'm sure there's character development. That was one of the most surprising things to me. I mean, I got to be honest with you. When I saw the previews for season one, I thought, okay, fun storyline. It's about a college football coach going to try and coach, you know, European soccer. It's funny. This will be a funny show. I like Jason. I'll watch it. But when I watched and I saw the depth of the characters and the development of the characters over the season, you're hooked. Like I said, yeah. it's my favorite show, but I think that was the biggest surprise for a lot of people is these are deep characters. There's lessons to be learned. And, you know, again, this hit during the pandemic when a lot of people were at home and needed an uplifting show to watch like Ted Lasso. Yes, absolutely. And I think with the show, I mean, a lot of comedy shows, of course, their, story, their characters move along, but the, the, the speed of the arc of one season for, the, the, for a lot of the characters in that first season is much faster than um, is the norm, I think. Um, but yes, as you say, the, the, there's this strange marriage of our very, very difficult times that we've been in in the last 18 months or so across the planet. Um, and this show, which of course was filmed and mapped out and filmed before all that happened. So um, I think the positivity in it mattered more to people than it than it possibly would have done um and if it helped people and it was you know um a, 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 you know a bandage for people psychologically going through that you know this still ongoing hard time then you know that's that's an amazing thing you know and we're very humbled that that it's done that now, season three has been greenlit, so we're excited about this. We're, we're getting ready for season two, but for all the fans out there, we know there's a season three as well. Can you give us any hint as to when season three starts filming, or do you guys take a break now for a little bit and, and then you know get to that maybe uh, next year? I believe that is so. I think it's, uh, from what I've heard, no confirmation whatsoever, but I think it's going to be filming around the same time as this season was uh, early next year and, and should probably hit, uh, hit, hit, hit the, the screens, you know, in a year's time uh, in the middle of next summer. What does it mean to you to be nominated for an Emmy with this cast? It's um, well, it's very surprising. And I, I think that, that it's um, very, very uh, humbling and all that kind of thing. I think it's just a testament to the show and that everybody who works on the show that it got so many uh, nominations. I, didn't, <laughs> I don't really follow awards particularly. I didn't know that, that you could have so many <laughs> nominations for one show. Um, but it's, you know, I think there's three directing awards for Declan Lowney, Zach Braff and MJ Delaney. That's just fantastic. You know, that's, that's like 30% of the, of the first season, you know, pretty much. Um, and, 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 you know, they're also well-deserved. Uh, it's, it's, it's a huge honor. Yeah. Now, you've been on some accomplished TV shows and movies. I mentioned Downton Abbey earlier. Um, what's different about this 
because I, I went through your bio and everything. I don't think you've played in kind of a sports theme type of show before. Um, this is very different than the typical character that you've played. But look, you're up for an Emmy. This is different. It is. Uh, I once did a TV comedy film called Bostock's Cup in the 90s, which was written by a, a kind of a sports comic guy called Chris England, who he wrote a, a series that I, I played the lead in. Um, uh, but apart from that, yeah, no, this is the only <laughs> sports oriented uh, comedy I've ever been in. Um, I think because um, it's uh, an American created show, that it's um, it, it's uh, the scripts are always up for grabs and they're always being finessed, which is very different from a Brit show. They, 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 uh, usually they're consolidated scripts in, in the UK and um, you don't change them. But I, the, one of the thing, reasons I've always wanted to be in an American uh, created comedy for years is because you can change stuff up. And that's what happens on this show. You, you, you know, there's improv on the floor, and um, which is difficult because some people are extraordinarily funny. Uh, so it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's a task to, uh, to get through scenes sometimes, particularly those diamond dog scenes. Um, so that's the kind of difference, really, that, that you know, that, there's, that there's, it's comedy and it just keeps on being finessed and, and rewritten. And all for the better, you know. Jeremy Swift, he plays Leslie Higgins on the hit TV show Ted Lasso. Season two premieres on July 23rd on Apple TV+. Jeremy, thank you so much. Continued success to you. Uh, enjoy all the fun there in Los Angeles as you guys get ready for season two. Thank you so much. Lovely to talk to you. Well, that's it for this edition of Sports Business Radio. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to our show staff, Brian Griggs and Josh Blank. And thanks to our partner, Molka Sports, for powering Sports Business Radio. Learn more about them online at molkasports.com. That's M-A-L-K-A sports.com. For Brian Griggs, I'm Brian Berger. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon right here on Sports Business Radio. This and every SBR podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and your favorite listening app. Follow Sports Business Radio on Facebook, Twitter at SB Radio, Instagram at Sports Business Radio, and online at sportsbusinessradio.com. Sports Business Radio is produced by Brian Griggs and Griggs Productions. GriggsProductions.com.